0: And load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Day Show.
1: And greetings. Happy Friday to all of you. We are live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here from the uh, posh Dallas home base studios of the Blaze alongside Todd and I know we want our Aaron McIntyre back, right? Yeah. We. we the audience misses that opening montage, kicking the, the scroat to start off the show of just a, a regaling of all the rot happening in the culture. I mean, I'm getting tons of emails from people. They miss that rancid, putrid, acid rain to lead off the show every day. He's I mean, the plumb line. Yes, yeah. Yeah, they, they miss that. But that being said, it's 60 degrees outside. Yeah. We were just outside waiting for our Uber, standing in. I believe the word we're looking for here is the sun, correct?
2: I'm afraid when we get off the plane in Des Moines, you're going to ask me to hold you or something. I,
1: I, I am a broken vessel right now. Um, the day before we left to come down here, because because we're incompetent and could not produce the show on our own, all we know how to do is talk into these mics, and and we're barely adequate at that. So we had to have the smart people handle uh, all of Aaron's work for us. But um, the day before we left... A foot and a half of snow. I am now reliably informed uh, by a certain little birdie, my wife, that we have a freezing rain event that may just shut everything down tomorrow.
2: It's a Christmas miracle just for Uh,
1: you. No, I I am... I am broken, Todd. I I am broken.
2: Send your prayers, America.
1: Yes, thoughts and prayers. For me as much as for him. Yes, yes. Yes, because I will... I have not yet begun to whine, right? About I mean, that. I began the show with a whine, correct? Yes. And I, I think there will be periodic whining for the next couple of hours. I'm certain of it. Yeah. Yes. I would. I would. I would count on that. All right. Let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at is how you can email the program. You can like us on Facebook. I guess I, I don't know if those count or we're still shadow banned. I saw last night Facebook is now apologizing. Uh, for giving out incorrect information uh, that uh, on calling hydroxychloroquine dangerous, you see that. So I did. all, all, all the stuff that our Facebook page got crushed for for the last four or five months is now like all being confirmed. So that's full,
2: cool. Full Alicia Silverstone from
1: Clueless. My bad. Yes. Oh wait, I got a, a, a note in the inbox uh, from the Facebook Science team to apologize. No, I no I didn't. That that didn't happen. Uh, you can also check us out on We, which is the Facebook alternative. Um, Gab, which apparently is is just the alternative to every alternative, uh, and then follow us on Twitter. For now, I mean, if you're in my line of work on the Twitter injury report, you are questionable every day. It is questionable whether you will survive the day, right? It, Constant it, it,
2: groin injuries. It, yes, yes,
1: yes, it is. It is fairly questionable. All right. So that's how you can let us know what you think about what you think. We'll get to some of your feedback coming up a little bit later on in the program. And I, I have to also, before we get to our special guest today for the Dace group roundtable, I, I have to and by the way, I don't know, Ron, do we have the Dace group intro? We don't even have that, okay. So that's too bad. But we'll just keep ripping off McLaughlin as best we can without it. But why well, stop uh, now? Yeah, well, exactly. But um, I have to apologize to you, because <laughs> this is the second time I've done this to you now. Where I got a massive shipment of that uh, super chunky ice cream from uh, from Brookers Founding Flavors, I got a massive shipment at my house. In my defense, it came to my house. When stuff comes to the studio, do I not share? You do. I do. I now it's it's more like you know um, I am the rich uh, Jewish. Um, uh, plantation owner and, and you are just getting my gleanings, right? Yes. When, yes. When yeah. some Like stuff. I am Boaz and you are just you are just consuming my gleanings. That's all you're getting. Yeah. yeah but I'm it's not, better than nothing, of course. I'm
2: not getting the pumpkin spice Kit Kats or anything like yeah. that. I mean, there's a time and a place. Clearly.
1: Yes, yes. But I, I got a mass shipment of the ice cream. It came to my house. So, the kids and I just kept it all. Because <laughs> right, it's, it's really good. And then... Then um, I came up with an idea to have a whole bunch shipped down here to Dallas as well as a promotional thing. Did, did you get any of that? I did not. No.
2: I'm just assuming this is a bit now. Yes. That it doesn't act,
1: the product doesn't actually exist. Yes. yes. So this product does exist. It is, as a famous television show once coined the phrase, uh, it is real and it is spectacular. It is the best super chunky ice cream I've ever had. And I think we can all agree just on visual verification. I have sampled at least some super chunky ice cream in my life. I, I have some experience with this, correct? Yes. All right. And so, I, I mean, the chocolate ice cream, it is the best chocolate ice cream I've ever had. Like, imagine taking the batter and the frosting and the filling for like a death by chocolate cake and turning it into an ice cream. And that's what this thing oh, is. God. All right. It is, it is, if you have. Uh, it is, um, uh, spoiler alert. It is. It's outstandingly good. All right? So if you want to give it a shot, uh, go to BrookersIceCream.com, just like it sounds, B-R-O-O-K-E-R-S, BrookersIceCream.com. Click on the Ship Nationwide tab. And what's cool about this is all the flavors have a historic, patriotic, revolutionary era theme to them, and they are absolutely delicious. BrookersIceCream.com. Click on the Ship Nationwide tab. Don't do chocolates and flowers for Valentine's this year. This is much better. And now... It is time for the Days Group, our weekly look at the week that was. The unplugged, stripped-down version, without Aaron here to carry us, and so without Aaron here, uh, we had to bring in the A team of of guests. Panelists for Mr. this. Mr. T is here? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, George Papardi. Uh, yes. I love, I love it when a plan comes together. Yes. <laughs> You're looking very George Papardi these days, by the <laughs> yeah, way, yeah. sir. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. The one and only Glenn Beck is here. Mm. I believe you are the first Radio Hall of Famer to ever appear on the Weekend Review Roundtable, probably because you're the only one I have a chance of ever getting (laughs) on. Uh, They're all somebody except me. Yes, yes. And then, of course, uh, his cohort, Stu, with the mysterious last name, no one ever attempts to uh, pronounce, so we just go with Stu. How are you, brother? Good. That's why I'm not in the Radio Hall of Fame.
3: They can't pronounce my last name. Yes. I -hmm.
1: believe that is one of the requirements. Well, Mm -hmm. first you have to be good, and then they have to be able to pronounce your last name. There's a
3: lot of hurdles there. Yes,
1: there's, there's a lot to get through. All right, so we have been doing kind of themed shows this week without Aaron here to set us up so we can knock them down. And we've done some big picture themes. And so this, this week for the week in Review Roundtable for the Dace Group, our total McLaughlin Group ripoff, <laughs> we, we want to do a big picture look at the Biden presidency. As serious as we possibly can, knowing, of course that it is not serious, right? Okay, all right. So let's start with this for issue one. For issue one, I want to talk about what I think is the big issue of his presidency. Can you do it like McLaughlin?
3: Well, issue one. Uh, <laughs> correct. Yes. Yes.
1: <laughs> Wrong. Yes. Um, I, I mean, you should see it, too. I mean, you guys don't see it because you're still finishing up when we come on right mm-hmm, after you. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have the music, the elements. I'm just taking for granted because it's on PBS. It's on public domain so we can just rip everything off. Oh, sure. And we do. Yeah. We do. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Of yeah. course, that's so, wait, it works. perfectly legal. Mm-hmm. And, of course, nobody's listening right now, so I've admitted to nothing. <laughs> right? <laughs> All right. So issue one, let's get to this. The elephant in the room. Or the donkey in the room, maybe, is the case Maybe Biden's health. I think that we have to, Here's why I think we have to start here. And, and, I, and, and I, see? I want America to know I tried. I tried to have a serious conversation about this. But I think we need to discuss this because I kind of think it's a Rosetta Stone to everything else. You know what I'm saying? Because I think it kind of begs the question, who's running this thing? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so let's start with, with this question. And Stu, I'll start with you so we can get a serious answer. <laughs> All right? Is the concern over Biden's health,
3: is it overrated? Is it underrated? Or is it just rated? I would say it's just rated. Um, I think you can go down this road and, and be freaked out every time he can't remember a word. But again, he's old, right? Like, this is 78 years old. He's 78 uh, years old. He's not buying green bananas no. right now. <laughs> no, <Yeah>. absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I think, you know, I don't think he's. Anything can happen when you're 78 years old, right? Yeah. Um, so we uh, fall and, ask, and I can't except, get up. Except for probably sex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah.
2: yeah. Well, these blue Hot pills sex work Sex is
3: probably not um, happening. Yeah, but you, you can't. Anything can happen <laughs> at this point. You have to be concerned about it and what comes next. I don't think he's. Uh, I don't think he's on the verge of anything terrible. Uh, God, I hope, I hopefully so. Um, you know, he hopefully he's protected. Um, but I looked it up. I think it's um, when you're 78 years old, your life expectancy is 9.43 years from that moment. The average seventy-eight year old. Now, I would consider Joe Biden to be a very below-average seventy-eight year old. <laughs> uh, on everything that I've seen, though he does have the best medical treatment in in mm-hmm. the country. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I think about, because you know, you can go into this thing where Kamala Harris is is you know running things or someone else is running things, and I think you know there's real reason to be concerned about that. But he's also he wants this. He is not like a passive uh, member. Of this of this journey uh, into running the country, he's wanted this for so long, and 19, I think 19, he 19, wants 19, to hold this power. He does not want to be pushed aside. So, how long can he hold it? Who knows? But a few years, maybe. So you think of
1: you know you, you know I'm a big sports guy, mm-hmm. and so you think of Bear Bryant, Joe Paterno. Mm-hmm. These guys coached way into advanced years. Oh yeah, uh, Bear Bryant well into his 70s, which was a long time in the 80s. Uh, Joe Paterno well into his into his 80s and it seemed like because they were around such an active environment and young people all those times they always appear young for their age right mm-hmm. but then what happened shortly after they retired they passed away is that I kind of hear you saying that a little bit yeah that being in such an, an energetic environment uh, a high pressure environment, while physically it adds, you know, years to on to your age. We've seen that. I mean, Barack Obama came in, you know, I mean, looking like a Motown superstar and he left <laughs> like the guy who founded Motown, right? I mean, that's what the job does to you. Yeah, it does. And, and Unless so, you're Donald Trump, apparently. Um, yeah, yeah. It looks exactly the same yeah, as yes, day one. Yes, but, so, so, but on, a, on a mental level, you kind of rise to the occasion of, of the atmosphere you're in. Is that what I hear you saying?
3: Uh, I think so, though. I I think there's that's part of it. I think also, though, his extreme desire for power is not going to he's not going to be a passive member here. He's not going to get pushed aside uh, easily. I think, you know, we can understate how much he wants this. He just loves the idea of pushing these buttons in the White House. I mean, just the number of executive orders. Does he know what the buttons say? Oh, God, no. Okay, all right. (laughs) Absolutely not. All
1: right, (laughs) right. so Glenn, same question to you. Is his health underrated, overrated, or just rated? (laughs) Underpants. (laughs) Yes. Um, uh It depends, (laughs) but I'm bum. Anyway, go Uh, ahead, yes.
0: uh, I think that... uh, uh, I think it's just rated. I mean, I... I, um, uh, he's not a picture of health, and I, I think everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. And I think the people, you know, at the Center for American Progress and whoever else has been developing this agenda, like they did under Barack Obama, mm-hmm. um, they know that, and uh, you know, they don't they don't have a problem <laughs> with his health one way or another. And I don't think it's going to make a difference. It'll make a difference uh, to the country. Uh, when he does pass away, if he's still in office, God forbid, um, or if he decides to not play ball, I mean, I, you know, he's he'll suddenly be senile and he'll be on the way out. Um, but I, 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 I think that um, this agenda continues at a very rapid speed. It doesn't matter. I mean, he's not going to have much left to do except – just take all fifty-one stars and make him into one big yellow star and sign it, you
3: know, and and sew it to a big red flag mm-hmm. for America. He's certainly governing like he doesn't have a lot of time left. Like he's, right. he's I got yeah. two weeks to get all this done. Right, that's yeah. what it seems like at the moment. All right, Todd. Same question here. What do you think?
2: It all depends on the level of schizophrenia I bring to the table and any given day because <laughs> it's overrated in the context of other tools he uses. His devout Catholicism to just run cover for him uh, pushing... Todd is a very, ending.
1: very bitter trad Catholic right a now. You bit. guys, You guys need to know this. A little mm. bit. Mm. But yes. then
2: it's underrated from the perspective of who are you going to take right now? Reagan at the end of his eight years when he was like, oh my God, he has the nuclear football. He's insane. He's getting old. <laughs> the Genesis Biden, land of right, confusion, right, roughly confusion video. The same yeah. age. Uh-huh. At the beginning of his term, Biden is roughly the same age and Reagan at and the it, end, and they thought that was an apocalypse waiting to happen. Yeah, uh-huh. no,
0: it wasn't. It, with Reagan... I, I, they may be at the same age at the end mm-hmm. but reagan was not where biden no, is I now agree. biden is Biden is really not the picture of health. And, and I even, mean,
1: Reagan still gave a national address at the '92 Republican convention in yeah. Houston, for example. Yeah, and yeah. then I think it was what, what about a year, year and a half later, sometime around '94 is when he
3: said, "Hey, right. it's now time for me to step away, go and, ahead, Stu. And you can blame Reagan uh, all you want, but it's like you shouldn't put the nurse and nuke button next to each other. Like it's just a terrible right call right for the new <laughs> call yeah, for I, the new nu- nu- the nurse or the right. nuke. I, don't, <laughs> That's not I just fault. push this
1: for pain. Just poor design. <laughs> (laughs) is it humane I mean I know a lot of our colleagues in conservative or alternative media are mocking the early lids right Uh, and all those sorts of things is this a way though of kind of spacing him out I mean um, essentially budgeting the level of cognitive energy that he has is, is it more than just a
3: strategy as much as it is as, as it is preservation? I think so. I think it limits their downside risk. I mm-hmm. think they've actually been really smart with this so far. I, mean, I agree. If, if you have a policy where like, they're... I mean, the lockdowns uh, let them get away with it throughout the entire campaign. Entire I mean,
1: think of, remember Hillary mm-hmm. fainting in the dead of summer, yeah. right? He didn't have to go through the grueling 15 stops, uh, all the TV uh, yep. and, and the public avails. He didn't have to do a single day of that one time on the presidential campaign. I'm not age.
0: sure if it was COVID... I'm not sure he would have had to do, do it anyway. I'm not sure. I mean, they were so arrogant knowing that he was going to win. I mean, I, I just found it bizarre. They had no ground game. They had nothing. Yeah, they didn't. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure that COVID actually would have well, changed that strategy. You're right. The necromance happened before
2: COVID. Super
1: Tuesday. Yeah. I mean, he won states decisively on Super Tuesday. He never visited during the primary cycle. Never visited. Never went to, like, Minnesota, for example. Incredible. Okay? He won states he never visited. So you don't have a ground game where you're not visiting. And they and the way they just were able to mobilize that with the confluence of their media in a 72-hour necromancy, as Todd said. <laughs> and
3: they just thought, we'll just run this thing back in the general election, right? Yeah, and it was a smart strategy. Like, if, mm-hmm. if you can come up with an idea to make this a... A campaign of Donald Trump versus people who don't like Donald Trump. Right. Right. Like the, you, you can just eliminate Joe Biden from the ticket. And that's exactly what happened in the ele- election. Are you
1: saying that elections are easier to win when one guy goes ahead and continues to parade? His weaknesses to a captive audience, and the other guy is not forced to show his weaknesses. Are you saying that that can make an
3: election easier to win? You know, you could write a book with that. That could be the subtitle. Subtitles are really long. Yes. You could write a book with that subtitle. Hide your weaknesses, make your opponent. That's my best political advice. Yes. Hide your weaknesses, make
1: your opponent always show theirs. See the works. Yes. (laughs) Write
3: (laughs) that down. Yes.
1: Yes. Just don't lose your pen in your jacket. Yes. All right. Exit question. If Biden's likelihood of completing a full term as president were a Led Zeppelin song. Which Led Zeppelin song would it Stairway be? Stairway to Heaven. In my time of dying, the Battle of Evermore. Babe, I'm
3: gonna leave you. Or ramble on, Todd.
2: Be the Battle of Evermore.
3: You think he's gonna survive it? Okay, Stu. I guess it's the Battle of Evermore. He's gonna be fighting this battle until the end of his term. All right, they're gonna they're gonna pull that life alert from his cold <laughs> dead fingers,
1: right? All babe, right. I'm leaving you. Yeah, I don't think he survives. I don't. I, I and I don't. I just look at the decline, and I think it's rapid. Go and look at where he was in 2016 when people wanted him to run. Mm. It's like a different human being. Compared now imagine to what you're looking at right yeah,
0: now. And I'm I'm not hoping for this. I don't want this to happen. I think the worst thing that could happen for our country is Joe Biden to. to I agree. Die in any way, shape, or form. I, I agree with that. Even you know at sleep in the middle of the night. Uh, but imagine the um, imagine the cries of heroism and the cries of the greatest president ever and the the greatest progressive president ever and we have to finish his mission yeah i mean do it, it for
1: paul yeah. remember that tom harkin rally in, yeah. in, in the yeah, midterms yeah, yeah. years ago no, no, I, I mean it, turn it, him it, into a martyr is what you're yeah. saying oh yeah. Yeah. oh
0: yeah if he if he does die god forbid but that, but then it then imagine be horrible imagine for the, the crap eating
1: grins on the faces of the Shycom high command the morning they get up and watch kamala harris get sworn in right I mean, imagine what they're probably thinking when they see that. I mean, maybe we were wrong, and there is a God. Um, Let's get to issue two. Let's talk the Biden administration. I want to talk personnel. All right, so it's the Morton-Blackwell line from the Leadership Institute. That personnel is policy. They've been president now for, what, uh, this administration's been in power for, what, nine days. So we've gotten at least some cursory look at the personnel that they have brought to the table. Is it too simple to look at the—so this is the first question. Is it too simple to look at the makeup of Biden's administration and conclude— that this is just the third term of Obama, that if Obama had been given a third term or if he ran 10 years later with where the left is now compared to where it was in 2008, what he was allowed to say in 2007 when he was running in that primary compared to what you're allowed to say now, this is what an Obama presidency would look like. Is it too simple to say that, or is that an accurate assessment? Glenn,
0: what do you think? Um, well, if he wouldn't have run in '08 and won we wouldn't be where we are right now. Mm-hmm. He had to kick off the fundamental transformation. This is, if you will, the final part of that fundamental transformation. Um, but there's another important piece that makes it different than Biden, and that is the speed. They learned one important thing, and Obama writes about it, that the Tea Party made a very big difference. So they can't allow any ground time for any kind of pushback from the grassroots that's why they are moving this rapidly because by the time he gets to the end of 100 days it's over he's got everything all the pieces in there that he possibly needs that's what they're doing right now and and his administration is not is not just the clintonistas it's not just the clinton people and the retreads there are some really dangerous people, and and I mean because I believe we're an oligarchy now. I, I think that the oligarchs are are
1: circling us like sharks. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, we don't have we've learned in the last few weeks between big tech and now big uh, big wealth on Wall Street. We we don't have free speech and free markets. We have approved speech and yeah. approved markets. Yeah, That's what it, we have. it's it's really
0: frightening. And BlackRock is somebody that you need to look into. If people aren't paying attention to BlackRock. They are now the um, the consultant on the economy for the president, the vice president. They're in the number two chair uh, of the Treasury. BlackRock is everywhere, and they do they they run their software is what runs the um, European Central Bank, uh, the Federal Reserve. They called when we were doing, um, uh, I think it was COVID. Uh, they called BlackRock the trump administration called blackrock and said you know how can we maneuver this how can we do that i mean they are so deeply in bed um and and their policies now are mirroring the biden uh policy of global warming Mm -hmm. of equity of having the right number of board members and that's minimum of seven trillion dollars of wealth that they are in charge of investing with the connections that they have. They control
1: about $27 trillion wow. of wealth wow. every year. Wow. It's a lot. Todd, your thoughts on this? And is it just me, or does it seem like every time I am spoken to by a member of this administration, and I hate to say this because you drive a Subaru, but you know where I'm going, It, it, male or female, it feels like every suburban cul-de-sac Karen with a Subaru and a coexist bumper sticker is talking to me. Every time this administration speaks, it's like they have this uniform tone of polite sanctimony. Does that make sense?
2: It does, and that's part of the reason I was going to say it. It is too simple. Barack Obama wanted to give the perception of genuine competence, we could disagree and think he wasn't, or the people. But he he wanted to put that out there. I don't think they care here. I mean, really, you're asking questions about uh Yellen, and oh, did you know? By the way, she's a woman, squirrel. Yes. yes. I mean, it's if they get cornered, <laughs> they're not going to try to be competent. They're just going to mm-hmm. say, "Oh, and did you know you're a racist for asking that question?" So that's why it's entirely. But thank you. Di- Yes, it, there would even if even if Barack Obama and his people wanted to try to corner you with that, they would try to be way more elegant. They would try to look like they were part of a grand uh, uh, debate. They mm-hmm. would even still be willing to sit down. I think with you, Glenn. I, now they they really could care so less. So there's about no
1: it. there's no pomp and circumstance in your mind. There's no allure of the presidency. This is just all will to power now. Yes. So we don't even have to put on the show, the yes. theatrics. Yes. It's just will to power. Yes. In
0: fact, it helps them even more because they're painting their their enemies as literal terrorists. Yes. Yeah. And so the more they piss us off, <clears throat> the bigger the chance somebody would do
1: something stupid, and then they've got it all. So in the Obama <coughs> years, Stu, it was if you thought it was a bad idea. That we have more people on food stamps than the total population of Spain, which we did. Mm. If you think that's a bad idea, we were all racists, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. In this era, what I hear Glenn and Todd saying is, "You'll just be an insurrectionist." That's what we'll be in this era.
3: Uh, I yes, I mean, it does seem like that's already starting, right? I mean, you just it, I mean, look at what AOC's doing mm-hmm. uh, with Ted Cruz over the past couple of days. Uh, the way you phrase that—that's the murder, uh, accusing yeah. him of trying to get her murdered. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, which is somehow acceptable. I mean, it's, I don't it's, know why Ted Cruz is still, frankly, walking the streets. I am,
1: I, you know, but. We're letting a lot of criminals out of yeah. jail these days, so who knows? But go ahead. <laughs> That's the
3: way it goes. Yeah. Uh, the way you phrase that question is interesting. I mean, it gives there's a little sense of like how many home runs would Babe Ruth hit in the year 2020? Yes. And that like if you project Barack Obama from he, he's more of a, an ideological figure than I think Joe Biden is, mm-hmm. um, and he was someone who was legitimately ideological, legitimately revolutionary in many ways, but was keenly aware of what mm-hmm. he could get away with and yeah. tried to present himself as a the s- call
1: to the Russian to, was it Medvedev the mm-hmm. Russian fake. president? at the mm-hmm. time, hey, I just got to get past this election. There's some things like c- not even and I
0: he, can yeah. do. Right. He was yeah. truly confused. If you if you read his memoirs, if you look at what he has said since he was president, he was truly confused by the pushback he got. He said, you know, in, in uh, 07. I could talk to anybody. Mm -hmm. I could sit down with anybody. But then they started with the lies and the spin and and, uh, the conspiracy theories. And by 2009, I was polarized. You know, I couldn't talk to anybody on the right.
3: So he was truly confused by that. Hmm. I think, too, uh, you know, looking at Barack Obama, you've got. When Barack Obama runs, he proposes $1 trillion of new spending. Hillary Clinton runs. She proposes $2 trillion of new spending. Biden won, proposing $11 trillion of new spending. Is that an escalation? It's a slight escalation. Inflation's a son of a gun. And he he tries to come off of this as moderate. He's only moderate to people like his vice president, who proposed over $30 trillion of of new spending, or uh, Bernie Sanders, who proposed $97 trillion of new spending. Is
1: is moderate now... It's not ideology. It's not where you're at on an ide- ideological scale. It's your temperament. Yeah. It's, it's, it's I still have a, all these same beliefs. I just don't openly hate people that disagree with me. Is that moderate now?
3: I think, so. you know, it's I interesting. Think so. they, they've yeah. learned a lesson, I think. They, they're doing this the opposite way. So ideologically, way. there are no moderates, then, is what we're really saying. It doesn't.
1: There seem, might be yeah. people like Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin who are in still largely red states, especially Manchin, who are concerned about re-elections. And so they're they're more conscientious public servants because they fear the voters, right? Mm-hmm. But are they ideologically
3: moderate? If they didn't fear the yeah. voters, would they vote middle of the road? And it's a way to essentially hide what's going on, right? The like, Biden is is outwardly expressing a moderate agen- like a, a tone, right? but a, a, a radical agenda. Right. It's somewhat opposite of Trump, who proposed, uh, you know, the tax the bill Basically, high-energy Jeb, yeah, right, exactly. but then just a very divisive persona. Exactly. And yeah, I, mean. I, I don't know. I mean, the, it seems to be you're able to do a heck of a lot with this Biden approach. Mm-hmm. I mean, this Biden approach, I mean, they are passing things that would be the story for a month if it was... A year. A year. Yeah. Um, and they're just kind of... You flood the zone, you blitzkrieg out, people. He finds it, and goes back to bed. It's like
1: lawyers when when you do a discovery, you know, lit drop, and they just drop off boxes and boxes of stuff. Good luck finding the needle in the haystack mm-hmm. in there somewhere, right? I watched so many episodes of Suits. That happens every single episode. <laughs> All right, exit question. If the worldview of the Biden administration could be summed up by the lyrics to a song by the police, <laughs> which <laughs> lyrics would they be? A, every vow you break, every smile you fake, every claim you stake. B, it's a big enough umbrella but it's always me that ends up getting wet. I have no idea how that applies. It's just my all-time favorite police lyrics. So I wanted to throw it in. Solid. All right. C, but it's my destiny to be the king of pain. Or D, walk the streets for money. You don't care if it's wrong or if it's right. Todd.
2: Hey, every vow you break.
1: All right. Relentless, basically.
3: Yes. All right, Stu. Uh, he's the king of pain. King of pain. King oh, of my pain. gosh. How can you the victims.
1: S-
0: how can you not see these people walk in the streets at night? I mean, it is clearly,
1: clearly D. Clearly, I like the fact you guys at Hall all had different answers, and my answer is B, just because I think that's the best lyric that the police ever came up with. I just love that lyric. All right, when we come back here in segment, in part two of the conversation, so we got into some of the personality, big picture stuff. I wanted to make sure we had, we started off, I thought about putting the health question at the very end, but then I thought it would... It, we'd be even more tempted to not be serious about it and just make fun of it if we knew that time was running out and we'd all want to get our one-liners in. All right? well, so that didn't work. That, that didn't work. We still tried that anyway. But I still think we needed to have a serious conversation about how healthy is the guy who's at least the figurehead of a presidency, and because I think it does touch on, overall, who's making the decisions. So we can stop that now, being I think, serious? Yeah, we can, we yeah, can stop it, okay. especially with where we're going next, because yeah, when we right. come back, we're talking policy. And that is, as Todd, like you, you like to describe it, that is your theater of the absurd, right? I mean, we, we get into this in, in a place like The Blaze to have serious policy conversations, not um, uh, what's a woman. Those are the conversations we're having instead, which we'll probably have when we come back.
0: Follow us on Twitter, at Steve Dace Show. This is Steve Dace.
1: One of the things I'm wondering about being gone a few days when I get home is if the dog is very passive-aggressive. You know, if I'm gone for a while, it's literally a flip of the coin, whether Cap, short for Captain America, our little Bichon, uh, whether Cap will get excited and remember me. Uh, I'll get one of two reactions when I come home. He's either all over me right away, or, uh, and this is happening as he gets older now, Um, He barks from inside his room where he's got like a little couch in his little uh, room. Uh, He'll bark when I walk in the door. I come in with all my stuff, settle down. I'm home for about 20 minutes. He comes moseying out very, very slowly, sniffs me, turn around and walks away. That's typically what happens. That's how it works nowadays. So um, I don't don't get spoiled by our dog uh, as much as I used to. Uh, But uh, we like to spoil our dogs. We like to take them for walks, all the cool stuff. For Cap, um, it's like having a third daughter because he's a Bichon, so he doesn't shed, which means I have to take him to a professional groomer, though, instead Um, once a month, which means I probably need to renegotiate my contract here at the Blaze, frankly, because that is expensive. Uh, But uh, if you also want to make sure your dog has everything they need, Uh, you want to check out rough greens because one of the things that happens with us, that's why supplements are such a multi-billion dollar industry. One of the largest sections in a lot of drugstores and grocery stores nowadays is all the good stuff in our food is stripped out for mass consumption, consumption, and long shelf life mass distribution. So a lot of our food is dead. That's why we need to supplement it with the stuff that was supposed to be in there originally. Same thing goes for our pet's food as well. Thankfully, they've got a supplement now. It's called Rough Greens. It's got all the good stuff, the antioxidants, the pre and probiotics, uh, all the vitamins, minerals your pet is looking for. It's just a powder you sprinkle in with your pet's food. Apparently, it tastes great. I haven't tried it myself. (laughs) Our dog loves it though. All right, so if you want to give it a shot for your pet, uh, get the Jumpstart bag today for just $14.99 and see if you don't see a difference in your pet in two weeks or less. When you go to roughgreens.com slash blaze, that's R-U-F-F for roughgreens.com slash blaze. Let's continue on with our weekly look at the week that was. We're joined here uh, from Blaze Studios in Dallas by the uh, Hall of Famer, Glenn Beck. And the other guy, mm-hmm. uh, Stu, he is here with us as well. All right, so let's get to let's get to issue three here. Let's let's talk some policy as we take a a big picture look at the Biden administration. Let's talk about foreign policy first, because I think it's there. I believe we're going to see the most radical departure from the previous administration. Yes, I think we're going to see radical departures everywhere. But I think here it's literally going to be like another um another realm in the multiverse compared to what we saw before so first question and, and Todd you'll get this one first what do you think is going to be the biggest change in foreign policy from the Trump administration to the Biden administration
2: I think it's the simple fact that it isn't the guy named Donald Trump and I'm not talking Republican or Democrat we just talked about he doesn't really have a philosophy and ideology I think a lot of the foreign policy around the world, people just saw Donald Trump as the guy who hosted The Apprentice. They were starstruck, and he would talk. I mean, from North Korea to to the Middle East, I think there was just this it factor about him. We think, you know, in America, yeah, we just ran him out of town. Across the world, though, I really think there was like this Michael Jackson effect, or when uh, LeBron goes across overseas, and I think that just kind of changed the dialogue across the world.
1: Brought some people to the table that normally don't talk to each other, is yeah. what you're trying to say. So the persona that worked against him at times here, you thought worked for him outside of I do. So the I country. think things
2: would have changed, regardless if it's Biden, a different Democrat, a re- another Republican would come in. I, th- I mean, do you think Mike Pence's foreign policy would have been the same just because of a personality difference? Do I than, think Mike than-
1: Pence is the guy that goes to Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, right. and looks all the sheikhs and caliphs in the eye and says... We don't really care what you guys believe. Not our job to police your country. You want to do business with us, we'll do business with you. If you want to stay out of our way, we'll stay out of yours. If you get in our way, we're going to mess you up. Could I see Mike Pence giving that speech? No.
2: And even if he said it, he couldn't pull it off. Donald Trump could just pull certain things off that hardly anybody else can.
3: All right. So what do you guys think, Stu? I'll go next to you. Um, You know, if you would have told me back in 2016 that the strongest... Part of the Trump administration might have been the way he handled Israel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would not have believed you. Worst anti-Semitic uh, president we've ever had. Still. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know. Um, and so you know the things that. You know, it was one of the clearest things I think we've ever seen, where uh, the 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 projections of a conservative think tank, right, to say what we should do in Israel, be tough, change the change the dynamics, take the Palestinian question off the table, exactly,
1: negotiate around that question Mm -hmm. as opposed to through it, as the Bush. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, Clinton, Obama, Bush years, that's what they did. And yeah. that's what conservatives were saying forever. Mm-hmm. Trump executed that plan and it worked incredibly mm-hmm. well. Now you replace that with Biden. You know, you go back to the Obama years, you think about pallets of cash in Iran.
1: They're already calling um, Jerusalem, the, it is the capital of Israel and the West Bank. Right? Uh-huh. They're, they're already going back to that same, uh-huh. you know, Baker Clinton uh, game plan. Uh-huh. Yeah. Terrible.
3: And 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 to add to that and, and maybe even more pronounced here as the Democratic Party has moved to more and more insane levels. There are serious elements of anti-Semitism in this party, which is the irony. We saw that in the UK oh Labour Party. Gosh. The further left it got,
1: to the point it, yeah. n- it nominated an open anti-Semite. Yes, yeah. yes. Well, and you have that's the terrifying. curriculum
3: now in
0: California. We talked about on the show today that is erasing Jews in uh, their ethnic studies program. Mm-hmm. Um, they're calling um, the War of Independence eighteen or nineteen forty eight, where the Arab nations all attacked Israel. Right, right. They're now calling that in the textbooks Nakba, which is Arabic for catastrophe. Mm. Uh, so they're they've they've totally flipped everything upside down.
1: So then, to you, what do you yeah. think is going to be the biggest difference, Glenn?
0: I think we're I think we're actually going to be seeing more war. Um, I, I think the, I'm afraid you're right about that. Yeah, yeah, I think we are. I think we are a world uh, headed. Um, headed for real war. And and I think profiteering kind of war. I think the, again, oligarchs, the one thing you can do is you can throw the world into real chaos and people won't care that we didn't return fully to, to what we
1: were mm-hmm. if you just make that pain stop. What I am afraid of, and I I want to get your, your, your take on this, Glenn. So when I laid out my 10 predictions for this year, I do this on the show every year, our first day back, and the big foreign policy prediction I made is I am concerned that he's he's he has already signaled he wants to do this, but we will go back to some form of Iranian appeasement. Oh, yeah. It won't maybe be as blatant as the original Iran deal mm-hmm. was with the pallets of cash and everything else, but some form of Iranian appeasement. And... And, and one of the dirty little secrets that those that have actually studied the region know, but most Americans don't know, is they, most Americans view is the Islamic world as a monolithic thought. And they don't realize that really the vast majority of the Islamic world hates Iran and cannot stand it. Mm -hmm. The problem is, just like we see now, where there's elements of the Democratic Party left, some who never want to reopen and some who want to reopen right away. But we didn't see that division while they had Trump to combine their anger at. It's going to be easier to define the left. with With Israel... with, with with Israel with combined hatred of Israel, this covered up a lot of these differences mm-hmm. in the Muslim world. The Trump administration, by going around the Palestinian question, called the bluff. Do you really want to hate Israel to the point of holding your own civilization back? And a lot of these Muslim countries said, you know, now you think about it, not really. Right. No, we really don't, okay? Right. And I fear that if we go into a policy of reappeasing Iran— like Obama did, you're going to see a country like China now come in and say, "You know, we yep. really need all that oil. We're the new player in the mid, in the Middle oh, East. Yeah. We're now we're now buying up all that Saudi oil. Mm-hmm. We're going to do all of that now." And and I that is my concern. I would say fine,
0: but we just lost the guy who made us energy independent. Right. And Biden is is all hepped up on the little blue pill of getting rid of all fossil fuels.
1: All right. Let's get to the exit question then. Which past Republican president will Biden's foreign policy most resemble? A. Teddy Roosevelt speak softly and carry a big stick. B Ronald Reagan, peace through strength or C, George W. Bush were the world's mall cop. Which one? Stu.
3: I probably say George W. Bush were the world's mall cop, which is a terrifying because I mean at mm-hmm. least there are some things I liked about Bush. Yeah, with Biden and Obama, they played a lot of those same games, but I think less competently uh, and uh, more erratically. So that's and that that would fit
1: into what Glenn was talking about, which is war for profiteering's Mm. sake as an industry. Todd, same, see, Glenn.
0: Uh, I think it's a combination of uh, of of George Bush mall cop uh, and an aggressive Obama. You know, there's the ideology uh, coupled with the profiteering and the –
3: you know, the neocon mm-hmm. leftist. You mm-hmm. should note, too, that Glenn does not follow rules on these questions. That's so okay. the fact that you said Republican president yes. and, and he said Barack Obama, that's not going to register I, I, with him. I, I know self-awareness <laughs> is
1: largely dead in America, but we're probably, I'm probably the last show host in the country to condemn somebody for not wanting to fall into a binary choice they don't agree with. Right, All yeah, right? okay. So there you, there you go. All right, so issue four, let's get to the domestic policy now. If If I said you had one word Which means Glenn's got an infinite amount. Uh, But one word uh, do you think will best describe Biden's domestic policy? So, Glenn, I'll start with you. Well, prison camps is (laughs) too. Is it a compound (laughs) word? What if you hyphenate it?
0: Yeah, compound. Uh, (laughs) um,
1: Ask the question again. What one word do you think will best describe Biden's domestic policy?
0: uh depression.
1: And then why would you pick that word?
0: Well, that you didn't tell me. I just was picking the word. <laughs> it just um, randomly
1: came to mind because I
0: think because Sitting i here with you Steve, I, frankly I think,
1: depression is what's on what's on my mind right now. Yes. Uh
0: I think we are headed for just disastrous economic policies that if it doesn't pay off soon. I mean, look, we've been we've been setting this thing on fire since 2001. Mhm. And it has shocked me that we are still standing as a nation economically. And we had a reprieve with Donald Trump, but four years was not long, three years was not long enough to get us back really on our feet. Um, And the things that they are passing now through the Treasury, uh, the things that they're doing for global warming, the Great Reset, taxes that are coming, I, I just think... And the labor unions, we are just headed for disastrous policy that's going to make Herbert Hoover look like the greatest president economically ever.
1: That's depressing. (laughs) Stu, you're with this every morning, right? I know. Yeah, 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 This this is why I'm
3: such a fun person to be around, too. (laughs) Um, I would say... uh, We should
1: hang out. (laughs) (laughs) You watch documentaries and I can make everybody else cry. (laughs) My documentary is like about Pink Floyd. I don't want to know
3: what yours are about. Go ahead, Stu. Uh, I'll go with Disingenuous. Um, You know, this is a horror movie packaged as a family comedy. And I think Hmm. the American people do not have... They're so... They were so... A good portion of people were just so done with Trump and the and what yeah. they viewed as chaos and yeah. constant. But aren't craziness. they comforted now by the knowledge that Twitter is a kinder and gentler? Place? It is. It's so yes. much better. Yes. I haven't heard, seen one bad thing. I'm on sure Twitter every one of those eleven
1: thousand <laughs> Keystone pipeline workers are like, you know what? It's okay. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's safe to do read you, Twitter you, again. Can, can I ask you a
0: question? Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry to break the yeah. rhythm here, but do any liberals? I'm not talking leftists. Mm-hmm. Do any liberals wake up? In the next year, in time, I don't know if that's, we have 12 months before you can stop this, but does anybody wake up and go, whoa, 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 I didn't, I wasn't in for this. Right?
1: You oh. mean, does anybody Glenn Greenwald in the next yes. year, essentially? I yeah. could see somebody like a Bill Maher doing it. I could see, because we saw elements of him critically thinking minus his dis- personal disdain for Trump on some yeah, of this stuff yeah, in the yeah. last few years, like yeah. Islamic radicalism, for example. Yeah. Um, I could see somebody like Bill Maher doing something like that. It, but anything, enough to change anything? No, no I
0: don't.
2: And it's not going to happen philosophically. It's going to, only punitively, if they, only they, if they to, feel it somehow. Yes, yeah, people yeah. punitively the their who they've the been raising to be a feminist their whole life, suddenly is getting beaten, yes. you know, by the tranny at the track meet. I mean, that's, that's they, exactly they're going right. to have to be cut. Yes. That's the only you one. You
1: have to feel it punitively now. Philosophically, there, there's not an
0: incentive you to, So I, I don't think that there's, I don't think they could silence anyone on the right and have anyone wake up. I agree. They'll just go, that's fine. Yep but
1: eventually it does come to them yeah i agree with that i agree with that Stu, what one word oh you said you gave me your answer mm-hmm. todd
2: babble again transgenderism <laughs> the baby killing all in the name of devout catholicism that drip 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 it, it it's going to be appalling
1: exit question on a scale of one to ten we got three minutes left on a scale of one to ten with one being as empty and harmless as Lindsey Graham's Tinder account and 10 being as active and loaded as Lindsey Graham's grinder account what are the odds sorry I had to do that to Glenn what are the odds Biden sicks the full brunt of the federal government on people like us Todd. Glenn. oh Glenn's sorry. 10 go
3: ahead
0: I just
1: wanted to ring in I
0: thought yeah. it was <laughs> like Jeopardy he's, like,
3: bing, bing, bing. he's Danny DeVito and one of nest yeah. Cuckoo's Get hit me hit me hit me go ahead yeah. Stu what do you think uh, 8 it can get worse but it's it's not going to feel like it can get worse and the he's, the, he's the optimistic <laughs> one it can get worse Todd all right predictions todd go
2: uh the catholic church i'm gonna have to keep hitting on this is in an existential crisis in america uh the greatest Mm -hmm. that's been ever seen since galileo because right now they've never been on trial like this even though kennedy was you know philandering behind the scenes it wasn't just in your face you know uh i'm peeing on you and tell you it's raining that's what biden is doing right now and if they don't step up What's already a week into church is you're just going to see it die.
3: Mm-hmm. Wow. Stu, over the uh, past couple decades, uh, Tom Brady has finally exhausted the maximum amount of good things that can happen to one individual person, <laughs> <laughs> so he will lose to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, what you're saying is the minute he retires from the NFL, look
1: both ways before you cross the street five times the rest of your life. Yes. It's coming around,
0: right? Glenn. Since I brought so much doom and gloom, I want to bring you some hope. Okay. Write this down in your calendar. Christ returns before 2035. Wow. How's that one? That's a distant
3: calendar (laughs) date. Wow.
0: Well, we have the tribulation to go through and everything else, so, <laughs> so that hasn't I knew there was a catch. Yeah, I mean. There's <laughs> always a catch. you know. But
3: he comes back. I mean, we know how it ends. It's all fun and games until the tribulation starts. <laughs> that's, uh, that's exactly right. Yeah. Yes.
0: Concentration camps will seem like a dream.
3: Wow. <laughs> you have a strange definition of optimism. I'll say that. Well, I bet you're a ton of fun at five in the morning. Wow.
1: Um, Every day I have to deal with yes. it, Steve.
3: Every day. <laughs>
1: My, I can't even come back from that. Uh, mine is, seems, well, mine is really trite, is probably what I should say now. At least one blue state governor is going to end his state of emergency over COVID. At least one will do it before the aptly named Mike DeWine, uh, the Republican <laughs> governor of Ohio, does. Because he is, if if his birth name was Karen I would fully believe it. (laughs) All
2: right. (laughs) Gentlemen,
1: it was an honor having you with us. Thank Thank you you very much. much. All right, And it didn't suck, so thank you. Thank you. All right, we'll come back. We've got one hour to go. Feedback Friday. We'll respond to some of the feedback you have sent to us on various topics when we return. Stay tuned.
0: And load. This is Steve Dace, the Steve Dace Show.
1: And we're back with hour two, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast, right here from uh, the state of the art Blaze Studios in Dallas. Want to warn you though, literally right after this show, Todd and I have got a jet. Uh, We got to eject our flight uh, so we can get home before dark, dinner to our families here tonight. Our flight leaves like shortly after the program. So no best and worst of the week overtime? No overtime at all today? If we have time at the end of this hour, maybe we'll do a quick best and worst of the week? They just saw our best. That could be true, too. And I can just tell you real quick what mine is. Uh, Best of the week uh, the weather right now. Worst of the week, See, the weather when I get home.
2: Asked and answered. We're done.
1: Yeah. Best of the week, the way I feel right now because of the weather right now. Worst of the week, the way I feel when I get home because of the weather there. How's that? Does that pretty much sum it up? I think it up? summed it up. All right. We're done here. All right. So there won't be an overtime today. We got to catch a flight. Uh, but I want to thank everybody here at The Blaze, uh, as always. Gracious hosts do a great job making it happen for us here when we come down uh, and intrude on everything else they've got going on. And plus, um, because we had to reboot the Galaga machine, I now have the high score again. Um, and I checked it. It's still there, which which really means that Stu hasn't played yet. That If I have the high score, it's because Stu hasn't played yet and crushed me.
2: He must be really good because that's like a handful of times now that you have mentioned on this trip that yes. he's that much... Because you on like matters of video games, you will not I know. concede that I, easily. I,
1: I, I know. I know. I mean, I, I've not played Galaga since the last time I was here, which was at the election. So it's been, what, that two and a half months now? So I haven't played it in two and a half months. Turn it on last night. I thought I did pretty good. You know, I got to like stage 30... I got like 230 some odd thousand points. Not bad for not playing for two and a half months.
2: Are you but, losing your fastball, though? No. Because the old Steve Dace would, once he recognized he wasn't as good, he would have bought that new, like it's Atari, but it's on some like yes. super Atari. And obsessed about and it you, until oh, it was yes. done. So what's going on? Yes. I'm concerned.
1: I, I, I'm getting soft. I think I'm getting soft. That's what's going on. Yeah. But um, Stu, when, once he realizes that I rebooted the machine last night, that oh, high score will be gone.
2: I mean, normally you would have been like Pee-wee Herman when he was the bus driver in Meatballs, and he's yeah. racing the uh, the met, the electra, electric electric yeah. uh, wheelchair. Yeah. yeah, he's like, "Come on, let him go! I can take him!"
1: Yeah, or, or the paper boy in Better Off Dead that uh, oh, yeah. John Cusack it, moved yes, from the 80s. I level. want my two dollars exactly. I can I can get that obsessive. I, the thing is, you want the truth? I'll just tell you the truth. I was that way, and I couldn't I couldn't take him, so I just wow. I had to. Mark the tape. Did I say this out loud? I I couldn't. Mark the tape. And so I just had to. um, So now the dude code calls, the the dude code enters in here, and you just play it off like casual. Yeah, I just play it for fun. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's that's the dude code, right? Like, you don't, like, make a point of consistently admitting that another dude has beat you at something. That's a total violation of the dude code. Yeah,
2: you can do it once, but then you have to walk away from it. That's
1: honorable to do that once, but then you, like, don't, like, keep repeating it Yeah, you're just so much, you don't do that, right? So I'm acknowledging somewhat that he is better than me at this game. And then once you do that, then you just kind of casually, it's like, ah, it's not a big deal. I haven't played in a couple months. That score is still pretty good, right? You know what I'm saying? Then you get like really passive aggressive about it. And that's, you know, I prayed about oh, it. that's your jam. And I, and I feel real good about where I'm at right okay. now. Okay. <laughs> yes. Now we're home. <laughs> All right. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email us. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, Rumble. Uh, what else? Twitter. Um, uh, just look for Steve Dace, D-E-A-C-E, or Steve Dace Show, Gab. All of those places, you'll find us there. Uh, ways you can interact with us and and share our content uh, there with uh, with others, if you would like to do that. Uh, we're going to get some feedback Friday here in a moment. But first, I want to tell you about Omega XL. Todd can attest to this. You know, I brought down my little baggie of supplements for the trip because you've never traveled with me before. Uh, Omega, my Omega XL was in that uh, that that uh, little vault. I don't go anywhere without it. Uh, especially as we get older. Let's face it, inflammation gets harder and tougher to deal with. That's And what do I mean by inflammation? I, I, if you sprain your ankle, don't take Omega XL. <laughs> All right, wrap it, ice it. What we mean by inflammation is the stuff that makes it harder for you to be as active as you were When you were younger, that inflammation that builds up over time, uh, the stiffness, the soreness in the the joints, uh, in the muscles, uh, particularly places like the neck, the back, the knees. For me, it's a hip flexor. Backed by 35 years of clinical research, Omega XL has the all-natural formula to attack the inflammation causing your pain. It's part of my daily regimen as well. And let's get you started. Uh, Order a bottle of Omega XL right now and get a second one for free. So buy one, get one free uh, when you visit omegaxl.com slash steve. That's omegaxl.com slash Steve, or you can give them a call at 800-844-4888. 800-844-4888. Those of you that like the podcast, we like you as well. Please show your appreciation for the show. Leave us a five-star review. Click that subscribe button on any podcast platform that you utilize. Uh, Thousands of you have done this for us already, and that helps the show to grow. The algorithm seed that we have uh, some form of Very tepid popularity, and they will then go out and help us find more people like you. Uh, So thanks to all of you that have uh, done that. That's kind of the 21st century of word of mouth, and I heard a ton of great commentary. We could have done an entire Feedback Friday today uh, on feedback of yesterday's Theology Thursday, where we wrapped up A Nefarious Plot. If you want to get your copy of A Nefarious Plot, uh, they're back in stock right now at Amazon.com, as is the sequel book, A Nefarious Carol. In fact, you can get an autographed copy of that book right now from Premier Collectibles. Just That link is uh, pinned to the top of my Twitter account, at Steve Dace Show, the top of my Facebook page. Just look for Steve Dace there and get an autographed version of A Nefarious Carol. That's the sequel to A Nefarious Plot. And if you want to know what that book is about, now's the time to get your copy because next Thursday is when we begin a new Theology Thursday series delving into that book the sequel book all right so that's coming up next week get your copy now either at amazon or via premier collectibles if you want the autographed version and again if you like either or both of those books leave us a five-star review at amazon.com um that's one good way to kind of stick it to the man a little bit because neither one of these books are necessarily the uh, the the amazon spirit of the age jam i think is safe to say right Yeah. yeah Like they want a nefarious plot to be nonfiction. Let's put it. Is, is, right. that, is that fair? Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's get to it. Some feedback Friday. Let's begin with Gary. I, and, and here's why I started with this. Let me just, let me get to Gary's question first. Do you believe that the first impeachment was the reason that Trump was so timid and bent over for Fauci and Burks on COVID? The reason I started with this one is because Gary, I, I, we don't know each other. But I feel you, bro. I'm feeling you, dog. I see you working. What Gary is attempting to do is something that I did publicly and privately with you and Aaron how many times for a period of about six dark months last year, (laughs) trying to make sense of of what in the Sam Hill was going on at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue right right. I mean we had theories counter theories machinations okay imagine vain imaginings Uh, we we just threw darts at walls I mean we we were what what is this what is this and I think I think we finally gave up on about our 44th Guess, which we called theories, because it just makes us sound smarter, uh, but I, I think we got once we got into the 40s, I think we just finally just tapped out and decided to move on with our lives, okay and and battle the Facebook science team instead. but um gary, I, I, here's my answer to your question: no. And then the follow up is, but I don't know what the answer is. I know it's not that, but I don't know what it is. This has been my TED Talk. It's, that's not very helpful, Gary. I And it's funny, the timing of getting a question like this, because I can just see a guy like Gary, again, not knowing who Gary is, but I'm guessing he's many. You're sitting at home watching uh, uh, your new White House Press Secretary, Karen. <gasps> Did you know that our Treasury Secretary is the first woman? Right? Yes. Okay. You're watching Joe Biden li- literally... Um, The struggle is real, trying to get his pen in his pocket and then figuring out which document to sign. You're watching, as Todd, you like to call it, this theater of the absurd, and I know what you're doing. I know what every person like Gary in America is doing right now. (sighs) Man, the Bleep. Did Trump have to listen to Fauci and Burks all that time? That's what you're thinking, right? Because you know that's why these people are in power right now. Well, Steve, what about the mail-in vote? Listen, I'm... I'm on the front end of, I was calling BS on that the, before my show was even on the air the next day. I was on Glenn's show the next morning, hours before I went on the air, calling BS on the mail-in voting scheme. But remember what set into motion the fact that we had to deal with that scheme in the first place. What was it? This wasn't the first time that leftists have wanted mail-in voting. They've wanted it for decades. We've successfully pushed back on it for decades. That all ended last year. What ended it? COVID. COVID in the lockdowns. So I mean, he set the stage. How ba- Remember when I kept saying last year: this is the worst management decision in American history, maybe in human history. Right? Yes. It was so bad. It set the it. It was such a bad decision by the president that it it set the stage for what the other, what the opposition used to take him down, basically. And and so I, I know right now, we haven't reached acceptance stage of this, and so we're st- we're, we're in the. We're in the the uh, that dude with in the Dirty Harry movie when the when the 44 is pointed at his face. I gots to know, man, I gots to know. We're in the gots to know stage. There I need I, we're tr- because it brings contentment and peace to at least know why something bad happened. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. To know that there's a reason for it because then you can find meaning in your suffering and and try to f- all things work together for the glory of God and for those called according to his purposes. You don't want to just be the random victim of a cultural drive-by shooting, right? Here's my best guess theories. If I, if I took all the various theories and then we posited them on the air and amongst ourselves last year, the, the two that I heard from the most reliable sources I have are, one, the fact that this hit New York City so hard and so early on. I mean, that's his home. And, and these are locations and, and neighborhoods and, and peoples that he knows you know it's a city that literally he adores and adorns um his name in in several places and so that struck a nerve number 1 particularly for a germaphobe like the president or the former president now but two that fauci and burks leaned on him you're going to be the president that presides over blankety blank many deaths if you don't do this and for lack of a better description, that freaked him out. And that's why he gave up the ghost originally. He had a chance and how vehemently we argued for this last spring. At the end of the two weeks, we had crushed the curve so much that hospitals were closing around America for a lack of business. Remember right. that? Claim victory, okay? Instigate, or in, I'm sorry, not instigate. Instigate. Um, institute a traditional quarantine program like we have as a species throughout our history to survive, which is to isolate the most vulnerable and those that are already infected. But the rest of the, the rest of life must go on. But claim that victory right now. Hey, you guys did it. We asked you to work with us. We crushed the curve. We, flat, we didn't flatten it, man. We crushed it. God bless America. You didn't do that. We then went to 30 days to slow the spread, and once he did that, he lost control of not just the narrative, but his own administration, and, and it was in the hands now of the quack, the bedazzled quack burks, and the malevolent fiendish fiendish Fauci, and he, he didn't really get it back. Even when he brought in Scott Atlas, that helped to change the messaging and the narrative, but I would argue it really wasn't until, what was it, after the first debate is when Trump got or no it was before yeah it was after the first debate when Trump got covid right yeah cuz that debate then he got covid and that canceled the second debate correct right. okay it was so after the first debate when he got covid and then the rest of it, those of us that wanted him to win were like a we were like Steve Carell in the office thinking this election's over right now he actually came out of the hospital with the energy and the messaging that he needed to have in may june july august and september instead uh, but it, that's how long it took him to get back his, his 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 to get his arms back around his own white House again and it's an election year It's sacrificing that amount of time uh <laughs> especially when you didn't go in with a reservoir of popular approval you know uh like a Reagan or an Obama even you know what I'm saying? You didn't. so you didn't have a built-in account of good faith credit with the people right you're already just you're already treading water on the Mendoza line where that's concerned, and then you do that. Um, I, I think it was those two things are, are those, the, the best reliable information I have been given is those two things are what caused what we saw last year.
2: Yeah, I think he has it exactly backwards. I don't think it's a threat of impeachment that caused him to behave poorly on COVID. I think behaving poorly on COVID escalated. The threat of impeachment hmm. if he was a man in full with that you know, pro- promising an Easter uh, resurrection I mm-hmm. mean that was powerful to yes, use was. a moment yeah. and then we just blasted past that and people realize this thing is too big for Donald Trump and the Democrats especially if the, if he was just out there as Giuliani was post nine eleven, and look at look at the Giuliani now of course he's a punchline but the Giuliani then was a guy you'd follow into a burning building. And we never saw that from Donald Trump post-COVID. We saw too many theatrics, the press conferences that drove you absolutely nuts because they weren't doing the thing. The
1: coronavirus thing. task. I'm gonna wa- I wake up sometimes at night with heart palpitations and a sweat, mumbling White House coronavirus task force, yeah. yes.
2: But if he had been General Patton in all this, even though if it was hard, we're going to do this, we're going to get this together, had actually seemed like a guy who knew how to seize this moment, he would have been really impossible to impeach.
1: Next up, Dylan says, is it not cosmic irony and justice that Kamala Harris very likely... Only becomes a senator because certain men helped her assume the position, uh, so to speak. Uh, Then when it turns out she's so unlikable among even her own would-be voters, she needs a white octogenarian with dementia to Trojan horse her way through the glass ceiling and eventually into the presidency. So whether it's getting put on the Vanderbilt kicking team or attaining the highest seat of political authority, it turns out to be a consolation prize bestowed upon you by men out of pity. Congrats, third wave feminists. This is your legacy. That's ca- that, that'll preach. Yep. That is some cash money, homie. Uh, let's go back before Kamala. I mean, let, let's, let's go to the archetype of this. The pride of the Wellesley College. Wasn't she a, Hillary Clinton? A Wellesley I College so, yeah. for Women uh, graduate, right? Yeah. The pride of Wellesley College for Women. Uh, you know, Margaret Sanger's my personal hero. I won the Planned Parented Lifetime Achievement Award, right? I'm the big feminist. Hillary, what has Hillary Clinton ever accomplished in her life aside from Bill Clinton? Now that that does not mean, so you can save your emails. Uh, I mean, between the two of us, we've got six daughters. None of them, as far as I can tell, are shrinking violets at home. All right. So, I mean, uh, my oldest daughter tries to outcompete me, which is difficult to do unless it's stew and gallica. <laughs> okay, so. This isn't... That doesn't mean... We're not here to say women cannot accomplish great things on their own. We're saying that these third-wave feminists that Dylan is pointing out don't seem to be able to accomplish great things on their own. And the irony is that they often seem to get to where they're at the oldest, the oldest, fashionist way possible. Um, who did you marry? Who did you sleep with? I mean, these are tales as old as time, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean and Kamala Harris is a, is a, is, a, is a, an example of this as was Hillary Clinton as well.
2: I I have never been more wrong about any single person in terms of my political an- analysis about their capacities than
1: her. Now, remember the official show position I know. I believe is it we at the- we never we never ever positively spoke about Kamala Harris's political—that's the official show position—is that has been memory hold. All right, that's Operation Vegas Shooter. That never happened. Okay, but go ahead.
2: Well, I don't think I can.
1: There you go. There See? you go. All right. I, I was testing you. There you go. Exactly. All right. Next, Matt. I have wanted to reach out to your show for the first time for a while now, but it didn't know how or what to say. I got my reason this past week. Uh, My 88-year-old grandfather, my papa, he passed away. He had pneumonia, a blood infection, extreme dementia, and yes, COVID-19. His loss has been especially hard on me. Out of his 10 or more grandchildren, I was the only one that came around to visit him regularly. He was a Navy veteran in the Korean War, and he inspired me from a young age to join the military. And I would eventually find myself in Afghanistan in 2018-2019. After I returned from Afghanistan, I became a Blaze TV member from the Mug Club, Uh, That's uh, our colleague, Steven Crowder, but have listened to your show every day since October of last year or 2019. This is especially true during the COVID pandemic. You guys were a voice of sanity in a sea of panic and madness. Since my grandfather has passed, I've revisited the clip from your August 12th show last year titled, More COVID Facts the Media Doesn't Want You to Know. This is where you explained that the median age of death in America from COVID was 78 And that's also about the median life expectancy of the average American. I have sent this clip to many family members in order for them to understand why this disease took our patriarch. Even though this pandemic has now struck close to home for me and my family, it still doesn't change the facts of this virus. We must carry on and keep up the fight against COVID fascism. This is where the theme of your show comes into play for me. I'm only twenty-six years old, a husband and a father of three young children. I'm from rural Ohio, but the events of this past year have motivated me to take action. I've started the process of going back to school, begun to reach out to local officials and like-minded members of the community, and patron businesses that aren't and I patron businesses that aren't requiring masks. Thank you for all and your team have done to push back on the COVID insanity and lay the groundwork for people like me to finally stand up. You're right. The answer is us. Well, first of all, Matt, our condolences for the loss uh, of your grandfather, uh, who obviously uh, sounds like a patriot, and we honor and thank him for his service. My grandfather also uh, served in the Korean War and won the Bronze Star. Uh, he died several years ago. Uh, and thank you to you uh, for your service uh, as a veteran as well. But I've gotten a lot of emails like this already this year from members of our audience spurred to action and it's 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 time to start doing what we believe, and I want you to hold me to this, Todd. At least one of these every Feedback Friday, I want to I want to I want to share with the audience, so that it's an encouragement that hey, we can do this. Um, I mean, George Washington had been a veteran and a hero of the French Indian Wars, but a lot of those folks that fought the the Redcoats were just. Everyday farmers, man, blacksmiths, tradesmen—you know what I'm saying? I mean, they—they they weren't part of some highly trained, um, you know, efficient armada. They just rose to the—they—they uh, they just rose to the occasion of the moment. They answered history's call. Thankfully, we're—we're we're not at the point that we need to go uh, to the munition dumps at Lexington and Concord and 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 have that battle at that level. Thankfully. But if we keep putting it off, having that battle peaceably, my fear is that we'll have to. And I'd prefer we avoid that. Which means now is the time we have to get off our duffs now, preemptively, so that we don't. All right? We're not under a king like the colonials were. We're not, we're not governed, by a, a, a governed by a monarchy, an, a, an ocean away that is largely detached from us. And it takes days, if not weeks, of correspondence to reach. We don't have any of those disadvantages. We have the ability right now, and the fingertips with what we can say with today's technology, but then our own hands and feet and the freedom that we have, we have the ability right now to stand up to take a stand. It's just a matter of whether we're going to do that or not. And there are ways that all of us can do so so that we don't have to just sit here and wait for, for history to come for us. We can make the history ourselves, Todd. We get a
2: lot of these letters, and you do share a lot of them with us, but you can tell that they feel isolated and alone. We, we got a chance yesterday to see some of Glenn's memorabilia. What they're suffering... We got to see the microphone that uh, Tokyo Rose used. I yeah. And that's what... They feel like they're just getting hammered with that all the time. And to uh, to them, our show has basically been like uh, at the end of Endgame there where Captain America thinks he's all alone. And all of a sudden, I'm on your left. I'm yeah. on your on left. left. Yeah. Yes. And that's... It's invigorating every single time I read one of those emails because you, you don't always... When we're doing what we're doing here, you... We don't always feel that we're having that effect, and thank God we are.
1: Now, that doesn't mean we shouldn't be prepared for what if happens, happens, right? Right. I mean, I've mentioned this before. A year ago at this time, if I would have come on the air and said, go buy all the toilet paper you can, you won't be able to do that in a couple of weeks. Everybody would have said I'm insane, including a lot of the media pushing panic porn now. Our friends at Media Research Center pointed out this morning, what the media was saying about COVID one year ago and it was all who cares about COVID worry about the flu by the way our friend Phil Kirpin has put out the latest flu numbers have you seen those? Yes. It's a miracle folks we have cured the flu I mean these numbers are staggering the flu has essentially hospitalizations positive tests it has literally just disappeared where did it go? I, I yeah. We, we know where it went anyway next time next time it happens. It might might not just be the TP for your bunghole there, Beavis. It, it might be what goes in the pie hole. You know what I'm saying? So that's where our friends at My Patriot Supply come in. You can get um, their emergency food kit, which stays fresh for up to 25 years. It's a four-week food kit, 2,000 calories a day, which is what you need. Um, and did I mention it stays fresh for up to 25 years? So uh, you can get it delivered to your door in as little as two days. It'll be delivered discreetly, so um, if, if you don't want your friends to know that, uh, or think you're a freak in the neighborhood, it'll, you know, it'll be disc- delivered discreetly. They won't even know what's going on, but you'll have the peace of mind to know that you're taken care of. If indeed never again happens again, get a big discount as well. When you go to preparewithdace.com, get a great deal. Find out more about it, uh, with our friends at my Patriot supply. And, and this works by the way, n- natural disasters. You're concerned about that. This is a great way to be prepped as well. Uh, PrepareWithDace.com. That's D E A C E. PrepareWithDace.com. All right, back to some feedback Friday. Will says, I've been listening to your podcast and I find it extremely entertaining. You sense a butt coming on? Okay. Yeah. But unfortunately, I have concluded that you are either ignorant, dishonest, or insane. Other than that, Keep up the good work. <laughs> that. That's it? That's it. That was the whole note. Boss Grissom was a fiend, a murderer. On the other hand, he had a wonderful singing voice, right? That's that's always what I think about when... So <laughs> is he entertained line, because of the list of butts or in spite of it? Uh, that could be true. I mean, you just figure you're tuning in to listening to the insane ramblings of a ma- madman and you're entertained until you begin to contemplate. Wait, you're serious, right? You're like J. Jonah Jameson in in, in, uh, in Spider-Man 2. <laughs> Wait, you're serious? You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, it's funny to listen to the raving lunatic. And then when you ponder, oh. holy bleep, this Dace guy, this Dece dude, he might actually believe this stuff. Now, I I'm, now I'm disturbed.
2: I can't. Under, I understand trolling on Twitter just within that realm, but there are a number of trolls who apparently actually do watch. They hate us, and they watch every minute. I'm of glad
1: it. you said that. I have never understood that. I, I I'm, I, like. I don't have to agree with you all the time to no, watch. No, no. You know, if I think you're good at something, I'm. No, they interested. hate us, but I can't understand consuming content I hate. I don't. I don't understand that. Like I have. I have zero interest in letting more of that bile into my life just listening to something to hate it that i don't i don't get like when whenever this happens which hopefully will be before 2035 when glenn says he thinks jesus will return um michigan beats ohio state again i am going to go find every ohio state freaking podcast i can find i will listen to them all thrice all of them all right you will i will yes i know yeah how many of them do you think I've listened to the last 15 years after we lose to them? Unpoco? It's it's a very small number. It's the, it's the lowest number in known mathematics. That would be zero because he hate me. I don't want to listen to that. You know what I'm saying? I never understood people who listen to this because they dislike me. I would urge you, and this maybe isn't the greatest marketing um, pitch, don't do that. I mean, don't. There's enough negativity in the world. We all have enough negativity in our lives. You don't have to let my negativity in.
2: Their negativity is their happiness. You think
1: so? Yeah, it is. Meaning they're not happy unless they're unhappy, and and this just kind of adds to that.
2: That's why progressivism is cancer.
1: Hmm. Like, I I get... You talked about Karen before. Yeah. I mean, I, I get listening to this because you plan on taking it totally out of context later like media matters I get that okay I don't get like earnestly listening to it just to be offended or ticked off waiting for me to do it I'm not worth it trust me I, I hang with me a lot I'm not I, I'm not I'm not worth that amount of investment of your time We'll come back more of your feedback in a moment
0: you're listening to Steve Dace.
1: We all know the detrimental impact of too much screen time for the kiddos, whether it's the content that they run into online or just the shortening of an attention span. Uh, How about the loss of creativity? We need better ways for our children and grandchildren to use their downtime. That's why I want to tell you today about Annie's Kit Clubs. They've got the perfect subscription box for both boys and girls. That's right. They are heteronormative at Annie's Kit Clubs for the boys. They've got the Young Woodworkers Kit Club, a monthly subscription that puts real toys or real tools into your child's hands so that uh, they can get a woodworking kit. Complete with the materials and tools that they need to make an awesome woodworking project with minimal supervision. And for the girls, there's Annie's Creative Girls Club, which will send two fun craft projects every month, complete with easy to follow instructions that will kickstart her creativity through painting, beading, and more. Help your kids develop actual skills master real world building and new crafting techniques while expressing their creativity at the exact same time. It makes a great gift. Go to Annie's Kit Clubs, Annie's plural, N-N-I-E is how Annie is spelled, annieskitclubs.com slash Steve. That's annieskitclubs.com slash Steve. Get 75%. That's a huge discount, practically giving it away. 75% off your first shipment at annieskitclubs.com slash Steve. Let's get back to some feedback Friday. This is from Walter Novak in Spring Hill, Kansas. He says, I'm mostly good with the seven tactics uh, that you guys prescribed of how to power under control, meekness. How would we actually do that in the era that we are in so that we rise to the occasion, we take a stand, we do not back down, we confront what we're up against, but we don't lose control at the exact same time. He says, I do struggle, however, with your tactic to stay in the Republican Party. So does he. As, as, to, as do I. I, I. The amount of bile, I had to wipe my chin after I said it that day. But I'll continue with your note, Walter. Should the Senate vote to convict, I am through voting Republican. I will not be able to stay together uh, for the sake of the children with these people. I, don't, I do not believe if the vote were on the other foot, one single Democrat would vote to convict. No matter the circumstance, that's just how they are. So there's a general principle on this show that overrides any tactical analysis we would give in the moment. We don't argue against people and their conscience when we think there is a valid moral reason for their conscience to uh, to, to, to propel you to take such a stance. i could not going to argue with that. Uh, folks, can I be honest here? The Republican Party doesn't deserve any of your votes, any of our votes. And and, ha- and, and with limited... That doesn't mean there aren't any Republicans. I, I, did I say that? Did I say that? No. No. I didn't say there aren't any Republicans that don't deserve your vote. That's not what I meant. I meant the party as an apparatus, as an entity, an all-encompassing um, uh, institution of people doesn't deserve your vote hasn't deserved our votes for a long, long time. I suggested that tactic not out of any regard for them whatsoever. In fact, that tactic is counter to my own inclinations.
2: Because within the same week, you also suggested the best course of action short of Trump winning would probably be the whole thing to be burned. down. Yes,
1: trash. yes, yeah. I'm, I'm suggesting... Well, I'm, my observation... And I, I could be wrong, but I'm I'm even more convinced now that this is the right observation after what went on with GameStop and AMC and Um, When the little guy tries to do, step out on his own now and say, okay, I'll do my own thing then. Like the hedge fund guys, I'll I'll create my own market within a market. I'll I'll create my own, um, you know, perception of value uh, and make money off of it like the hedge funds guys get to do when they leverage their money together. When the little guy tried to do it, look what happened. See, the rationale for why I suggested this, we had just come off of what happened with Parler. Is Parler back on yet? No. I don't know that we'll ever see it back on. hope I'm wrong. I miss it. But they stepped down on their own. Big names, including some of our own colleagues, were like, "Hey, this thing's number one app in the world right now. We don't need y'all anymore. We're, you know, uh, pour went out on big tech. We'll see you on parlor. It's not a. It it, it. 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 And then they just erased them. Now they want to stick the Department of Justice on them. Start your own stock market, Steve. Yes, my my concern. Is that if we break out on our own, they're just going to instantly categorize us as um, terrorists, insurrectionists. I don't know if I've mentioned this on the air. I tried to uh, join Gab Pro. That's you can subscribe to Gab, which is the um, the uh, the platform that owns all of its own servers and everything else. But you have to like pay with Bitcoin. You can't like pay with a debit card. Why? Because all the banks have said, we're not processing those transactions. They're hate mongers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, my fear is if we step out into a new entity, out in the open, that's what they're going to do to us. We're all insurrectionists. We're all ra- racist. We're all terrorists. Nobody, n- we can't crowdfund our own um, direct payments of uh, of, of donations from our base let alone massive donations from a donor class won't get processed they'll they will there's whatever's worse than a scarlet letter that 's what they will do to us that was my fear post parlor when I suggested Now let me also define staying i don't I also said don't vote for anybody that hasn't earned your vote don't vote for anybody that hasn't earned your vote but the reason why I'm, I'm hesitant after years and years and years of saying we need a new party, and it seems like right now the momentum is there to do it for the first time. And I mean, there was a fascinating poll just a few days ago that showed if there was a new Patriot Party, I mean, the Republican Party would essentially become the third party in America. And I, I mean, I, that gave me the vapors, uh, the, the possibility of, of something like that happening. And it is a judgment that this party deserves, all right? I'm concerned about us. I don't give a rip about the Republican Party. I'm concerned about us. And, and, and let, me put it, let me put it more bluntly. I think, I think we need right now, what I was trying to say, in and, and, and more inspiring, uplifting terminology, let me just put street. We need, in my I, the way I'm surmising it right now, I think we need to use the Republican Party the way it has used us for a long time, right. just as a brand just as a brand that gives us legitimacy so they can't pick us off if we step out in the open outside of that hedge of protection because they're kind of grandfathered in to the to, to the process. Start something new, you get parlored. Start something new, you get Reddit formed. You get GameStop, you get AMC theater. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's my fear.
2: And counterintuitively, our writers' interest in sticking around may actually increase based on what you've said about uh, what would happen if they do actually uh, uh, bring Trump down mm-hmm. in the Senate, because look what's already happening in states like Wyoming and Arizona, how the grassroots, how they've taken on Cheney, uh, how they've censured uh, the uh, uh, Flake. There's a county right now in Colorado that is beginning the long process of petitioning to be grafted on and become a part of the state of Wyoming. Yeah. Border, that kind of stuff. It's already going on now. If the Senate Republicans actually take out Trump, it's it's going to happen more and more and more. And that speaks to what Steve is talking about. You, you, He may be right, and Steve would admit it, but give it a second and see what
1: happens. Yeah, I, I care about us. I don't care about the Republican Party. I, I care about you guys. I care about the people. And it I, may be a hunk of junk, but it may
2: be the best spaceship we have uh, that, to fly through uh, whatever's uh, to
1: come. I I agree. Let it get you. Got to fly through an asteroid. Let it be the thing that gets beat up. Don't just jump in a spacesuit and try to navigate yourself. Let it get demolished. Then we get on the other side of the asteroid right. belt. Then you know you trade it in for the Falcon. You know you know what I'm saying or an X-wing. But um, that is my concern. I you know for making Star Wars references. I think it's a trap. I, to me, I think it's a trap that to draw us out into the open out of the protection of what is acceptable as a, a what are the current acceptable platforms and you know it's it's a classic bait and switch it's a classic ambush tactic draw the enemy out and then once they're surrounded pounce right that might be going on with a platform right now that I've been promoting on the show called me we I've read some things recently I'm a little disturbed by yeah and so what we, what we may end up finding out next week, six months from now, is that MeWe was a bait and switch. Hey, yeah, come here. where Free speech is okay. And then once we've grown enough and collected enough of your data, the hammer drops. That may happen. And then when that happens, we move to whatever the next one is. Now, that's not happening right now at MeWe, so I'm going to use it as much as I possibly can. But I am aware of that. I, am, I, I have read about that. A lot of you have sent me notes about that. I am aware of what is being pontificated about what's behind MeWe as an alternative to Facebook. So, yeah, but do I think we just abandon MeWe right now? I mean, we've grown over, we went from nothing on that a month or two ago to over 15,000 followers. I'm not abandoning all of that. But I will be prepared to abandon it when the time comes. Does that make sense? Yeah, and, and I just am concerned that the, they are waiting for us to run out into the open where it's so much easier to pick us off in that case that's my concern what would be harder what would be harder for big tech to do ban mark levin ban don band dan Bongino. i mean those are two of the biggest names in our business man i mean bongino has got maybe the biggest podcast in our business levin is one of the all-time biggest radio shows in our business those are uh, those are two of the guys um, that and, and and i mentioned those names cuz i know dan and obviously we've worked with mark for several years those were the two of the biggest names that, uh, when, the, that when Parler reached a certain status, poured went out and said, see, I wouldn't want to be at a big tech, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. What's easier for big tech? Once those big names leave the platform, then just get rid of the one platform that they're all they're all ejecting to, right? In one fell swoop, or individually, one by one. All right, Bongino, you're gone. Levin, you're gone. With all the, f- which means every time you do that, all the followers those people have, you have to go through that screeching and blowback. 50 times. Right. If you just if you systematically eliminated these people, right? What's the easier avenue? The easier avenue is they just all eject to a safe space on their own and then switch, you hit the plug. That's it. And it's like they it's like it never existed. That's my fear is that's the the spirit of the age is luring us into these traps. I've seen it happen now twice. Right? Well, you know, at some point let's pay attention. When we all combine to go to make parlor a thing, the number one app in the world. And we're all like, all right, we're moving over there. Bam, gone. When thousands of people on Reddit got together and said, you know, we're we are we gonna manipulate stock like you guys do and pool our money together. Bam, Robinhood gone. Bam, you know, your, your betting app or your sorry Freudian slip, um, your investment app gone. You know what I'm saying? I just sense that that is what is occurring. And I'm to, and and let me give you a big picture strategic viewpoint too. I think we need to survive this year. I think if we survive this year, we're okay next year because it's an election year. Now, what do I mean by okay? I don't mean like Biden's policies, If, if unfortunately, if he lives that long, will be better. That's not what I mean. I mean us as a platform, as a media, as a, as an, as a movement. Next year, the, the, when, the, the challenges of getting reelected, particularly with the small majorities that the Democrats have everywhere... Kind of that ends up taking up a lot of the oxygen in the room that this is the year that they got time to come after us the the, the, the the between year. I'm worried about I'm worried about getting us to Petra, which is to me next year. I'm worried about getting us across the Red Sea if you get the analogies that I'm making here, both old and New Testament, okay I'm I'm trying to get us to these safe spaces, which I think is next year when election year politics, help succumb the environment somewhat because right now it's open season on all of us right now next year it's going to be open season on each other with an election year if we can get to next year then i think we can hold out there's going to be still some bannings and things of that nature but holistically i don't think we're under the gun a year from now the way we are right now and so that's, now again, I might be wrong. I'm just letting you in the audience into my mindset of why I'm formulating the tactical opinions that I am. It's starting from that premise. The premise that we have a clear and present danger. We're, we're at a, this is a winner at Valley Forge from a, from a distribution and platform standpoint right now. We've got to survive this winner. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Survive this winner. How do we survive this? Don't worry about what happens two or three years from now. Survive this winner. And that's, that's all my thinking right now is how do we survive this winter we're in at this very moment right now.
2: But just to stress, your bile is duly noted and we share it.
1: And shared and appreciated. Amen. Yes, absolutely. Um, I want to also mention before we get out of here today, our friends over at realestateagentsitrust.com. Um it, during these unprecedented times bing it's been a while yeah, yes. yes even in normal times you want to make sure that you go into a competitive real estate market with an agent that you can trust but especially in these unprecedented times bing had to hit you with two since it's been a while uh it's even more so so where would you find such an agent obviously there's not a website realestateagentyoucan'ttrust.com. real estate agent, you can't they, they don't have that real estate agents who admit they suck.com that, that's that's not can you google that uh, that's not a website either uh, so thankfully um, we have one where the agents have all been vetted uh, before they're referred to you almost anywhere in the country you're going to be able to find a real estate agent that can help you and understands that he or she works for you not the other way around a real estate agent that you can trust the name kind of says it all check out the website com. again that's realestateagentsitrust.com all right, Ty. i got about a minute or so here. Any final words or thoughts before we get out of here today?
2: Well, this lived up to it. Dallas and Blaze Studios.
1: That's right. You've not been here before.
2: Outstanding. Uh, the, the kindness of uh, Glenn and everybody here. Um, I mean, it's it's like we pretty much knew everybody before, even though we had met, the, in my case, uh, met for the first time. It's it, It's clear that being here on a daily basis would ge- be a genuine
1: pleasure. It's a great place to come in and work, man. I mean, the energy level, the atmosphere, and they're still operating at uh, minimal personnel capacity with, with some COVID precautions. So you haven't been here yet when this is a fully armed and operational battle station. But, I mean, it just uh, reeks of uh, uh, energy and, and creative energy. Yes. Uh, like when we were all here for the election, uh, for example. That was, you know, pretty, uh, pretty crazy. When Aaron gets back on Monday... What, what do we get back with Aaron, do you think? What do we get? What do we get back after a week of... Now, this isn't your typical honeymoon. They've been married for over almost a year or more than a year now. But after a week of marital bliss, Harry Potter world, Disney, Florida, warm weather, what what kind of Aaron do you think we get back?
2: The old man millennial will be dialed up to eleven.
1: So the same Aaron yes. that he was when he left, basically. The cranky millennial. Yes. yes. Thank you, man. Thanks to all of you. Thanks to everybody here at The Blaze that made this happen for the last few days. We'll be back again on Monday. Until then. John 317.
0: You're listening to Steve Dace.